Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. Having a good morning so far. Extra hour of sleep was nice. Amen. Yeah, we, um, uh, we've got a lot to cover today, so I'm going to move really fast. Uh, today we're going to be discussing uh, the rarest name of God in all of the Scripture. The name is El Roy. It's the God who sees. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to tell you there's some things that we're seeing here at Hope City, uh, and that's continual growth, continual increase, uh, a steady climb, uh, where God is adding families to us on a weekly basis, and that brings with it a unique opportunity. How many knows that there's never problems, there's just opportunities, right? And uh, that's the way we decide to look at it anyway, yeah? Well, uh, these opportunities are a staff of four full-time people uh, cannot oversee or love adequately a church of nearly 800 people now. So what we have done is we've gone to the scripture and we have found uh, a context on how to love you better. And it's through the tool of elders, through the tool of elders. And today it is my honor to introduce you to our elder board at Hope City Community Church. Uh, Dane Tozy, would you come up? J.J. McDaniel, Ray Williams, Craig Norwood, Troy Peden, uh, Kenny Law, Tim Bolduck. I don't think he's here today. His wife is a little under the weather. Alicia Cabrera and Dusty Allison. If you're here with us, come on up. Line up across the front. This is your elder board. Now, let me explain to you what these people are going to do for the church. In the scripture, the elders had to meet certain criteria. They had to be able to teach. They had to live lives that were worthy of the calling. Uh, they had to have certain giftings. And so over the last year and a half, uh, and some of these a lot longer, I have journeyed with these precious people, and I have watched the gifts in their life, and I've watched them live month in, month out, week in, week out, day in, day out, a life qualified. Let me tell you, that's one thing we don't talk about in the church enough, is living a life that's qualified to carry a title of elder. And so these people in front of me live a life that is worthy of the title elder. And why does it matter? It will matter to you when you need someone to come lay hands on you when you're sick. It will matter to you when you need someone to coach you through theology. It will matter to you when you need someone to stand in the gap and pray with you week in, week out over your connect cards. These amazing people who are in front of me right now and in front of you right now have not just met the criteria, but they continue to walk the walk that's worthy of the title elder. And so today I wanted to introduce them to you, but I also want you to understand that as we continue to grow, they will be stepping into several responsibilities, whether it's hospital visitation, uh, whether it's just praying over connect cards along with the staff. Uh, maybe you need counseling. Everybody you see here in front of you are able to do those things. 
And I want you to know we are so blessed as a body of believers to have this many people that we can say are qualified. You know what that means, that they live a life that's worthy to say they are qualified according to the Scripture, not according to Pastor Josh, mind you, according to the Scripture, to help lead and orchestrate and navigate Hope City Community Church. So here's what I want from you today. I want you to stand on your feet. We're going to honor them, and we're going to ask a special blessing over them. and We are going to seal them as elders of Hope City Community Church. Would you stretch your hands and begin to pray for favor and increase over them? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for each one of these precious people. I thank you, Lord, that you've continued to send increase, but Lord, along with increase, the workers have got to increase. Got to have people, Lord, that we can trust in times of trouble, people that we can reach out to. Uh, there's got to be more access to help in the house. And I thank you that you have sent these precious, amazing people to be a blessing to this congregation. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus for an increase of favor and wisdom. Father, I thank you that in a choice time, in a time where we need to hear from you more, Father, you have sent these precious people to help us navigate uh, what you've called us to. And Father, you've not just helped them, sent them to help us navigate. Lord, you have sent them to help us minister and love your people well. It's always been our prayer that, Father, you only send the ones that we can love well, and you continue to send people. So, Father, anoint them. Anoint them now in the name of Jesus. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet, a supernatural increase in every spiritual gift. Awaken gifts in them that they don't even know they have. Stir up the gifts that are amongst us and allow us to function as a lead team, Lord, that is going to lead your people closer to the cross. Lead your people further away from the traps of the wicked one and lead your people to the heart of their father. I thank you for this elder team. I bless them and I seal them for this house. On this day, November 5th, 2023, we set in this elder board in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Could you give them a hand as they head to their seat? God bless you guys. God bless you. God bless you. Love you guys. Man. And I've actually asked uh, uh, Dane to be a personal bodyguard. Um, come on up, Wendy. Come on up. Today is a special day. Usually you just get to hear uh, my blabbering mouth talk. Uh, but today's story is unique to Wendy and I because it's part of our family story. Uh, Elroy has a, a, a special meaning to our family. And if we have time today, we may share some of that with you. Um, but it's my honor, truly my honor to be married to not just a woman of God, uh, but someone who is gifted to teach, someone who is gifted to uh, expound on the word uh, because she helps me raise our kids. She helps me run this church. She helps me do everything that I do. This truly is a wonderful, wonderful woman of God. Would you put your hands together? Welcome the first lady. Wendy Neal to the stage. Yeah. Thanks, babe. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I guess I wasn't supposed to walk up yet. It would have been 
much more. So much more dramatic. If I had like walked up at that point, um, I'm excited. I've Josh, when he first talked about, uh, Elroy being one of the names of God that he was going to uh, cover, he said, and you're going to do that one. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. And so I, until Monday, he, we were in the office and he was like, hey, you're teaching with me Monday, right? And I was like, I gave him about four really great excuses as to why that wasn't going to happen. And you can ask Pastor Leah because she was listening and, and he just went, oh, okay, yeah, you're still going to. So here we are. Sometimes we have to call the giftings out of people, don't we? When you see something, you know, a lot of times any gift that you've had in your life, probably somebody else called it out because a lot of times we're so busy focusing on the things that we're focused on. It takes somebody outside the fire to call the kindling out. Amen. Yeah, so, so that's good. Um, we, uh, I told him that it's my concern is that it's not going to be quite as good when he's not walking around and like really yelling. I didn't really know how to make the walking and around walking around and yelling happen with me up here. So we'll see if that still happens. Maybe it'll be me walking around in a minute. We'll see. And I yelling. Need, and yelling. yelling. You need I to do, walk I and do yell. that well, don't I? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to share just for a second. Sorry, I'm going to take over. Um, I do, do want to say. Yeah, I don't have any words until I do, and then they just don't stop. But I'm going to start with saying that I have loved this series. This was the other reason I didn't want to speak today, because I don't know if this has been your experience, but even after a lifetime of following the Lord, it's amazing to me how his word just continues to bring incredible revelation. That you can think, okay, I've heard all the stories, I've you know, I've been in church forever. There's not a lot of new I can hear. And that's just never true. And I told Josh, I really just want to be sitting on the front row and hearing all the things that the Holy Spirit has told him um, so that I can just keep learning and growing. But I'll tell you that the Names of God series has been great to me because I just love that our Heavenly Father wants us to know him. It's probably been about, I don't know, six months ago, our small group was studying the life of Jesus, the small group that Julie and I lead on Wednesday mornings. And we got to the scripture, I think it's in John, I think it's John 14. I could be messing that up. Y'all, I'm not as good as him at this kind of thing. But, you know, the disciples asked Jesus, I think it's Philip, he says, Jesus, just show us the Father. Please just show us the Father. And Jesus says, come on now. If you've seen me, you've seen God. He says it something like that. That may not be exactly how it is. But what I get from that, and then even these names of God that he's given us, he's trying to show us his character. He wants us to be in relationship with him and to know him because our faith is built as we get to know him better. And so I think that today, Elroy, I think we will get into the story, hopefully, of like why Josh asked me to um, help speak today. But at the end of the day, this is one of the names that I feel like there is so much of his character encapsulated in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Elroy is actually, like I said earlier, it's one of the rarest names of God because we only see it one time. It's also really unique because of who gave God this name. Uh, today, we're going to break this whole thing down. By the way, what you were talking about is in John 14, uh, Jesus said, whoever has seen me has also seen the Father. Uh, anytime you see Jesus, he is a reflection of the Father who's on the throne. Uh, and so anytime we talk about Christ on earth, Christ came in the flesh to reveal God in the flesh to those who were in the flesh. So you and I can know God through knowing Jesus. He is the revelation of the Father. And so that's a great point you made. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a character in the Bible by the name of Hagar. Hagar. Uh, her story is found uh, predominantly in Genesis 4, 16. And uh, we're going to dig into that today. 
what's really funny is while studying this, you, uh, this whole series has been this way, you find out just how limited the English language is to encapsulate the beauty of God. When you are looking at the name Elroy, uh, it's uh, also pronounced Elroi, Elroi, uh, depending on who's saying it in their accent. Uh, we're going to go with Elroy because, hey, it just matches South of America. Hey, Roy, Elroy, there you go. Um, but I, I also want you to know this. Uh, it doesn't just mean the God who sees. It's bigger than that. It's the God who cannot not see. Translate that. It's the God who doesn't miss a thing. Doesn't miss a thing. Does that stir your heart this morning to realize no matter what we're going through, God is aware. How many times has the devil tried to lie to you and tell you that God doesn't see you? You're in this alone. Your struggle, your problems, your headache, the the issues you're dealing with, you're all on your own. Can I tell you, what we're going to study today in the Word proves the fact that not only are you never alone, but God is intimately involved in the details of your life. Are you grateful for that today? Wendy, go ahead and start in Genesis 16, and uh, and let's break down. Kind of give us a prequel of Genesis 16, so that way we kind of, I like to give everybody context as to how we start. I'm not as good a storyteller as he is. We'll try here. Okay, so we all know Abraham, the father of our faith, and we've talked a lot, a lot of the names of God. We've talked um, of parts of his story, Uh, but we know that Abraham, I'm going to call him Abram, Abraham. I'm going to call Sarah, Sarah, Sarai, and it's not going to be used probably right, but it's all the same people, right? God changes their names, so forgive me if I say Abraham when he was still Abram, but Abram is called from the place that his people have always lived. He's called out to go to the land of Canaan where that he's promised is going to be given to him and his descendants. Along the journey, uh, there's a famine. Abram ends up with his family in Egypt because there's more food there. While in Egypt, Abram makes some mistakes. His wife is beautiful, and so he lies and says that it's his sister. Pharaoh decides he's going to take... Uh, Sarai, Sarah, whatever her name is at the time, um, as a wife, and God doesn't want that to happen, so it doesn't happen, but along the way, there's a bride price paid for Sarai, and we believe it's there that Abraham acquires Hagar, a young Egyptian servant girl. You know, Pharaoh doesn't end up getting Hagar, or I mean Sarai as a wife, they end up leaving so that the curse that comes on Pharaoh for getting ready to marry Abram's wife doesn't happen. They they continue their journey, and maybe I just moved it. Um, They continue their journey, and they now have Hagar, plus a lot of other things that they're given in Egypt. The Lord just keeps blessing Abram, right? And so this part of their journey, they now have this young Egyptian uh, servant girl named Hagar. So we also know that at some point, well, in Genesis, really Genesis 12, it happens. There's a little bit more of it in Genesis 15 and the promise to be revealed later in Genesis. But Abram is, there's a covenant with Abram between God and Abram that says that he's going to be the father of many nations. He's going to um, have generations and he, there's even promises given to what the generations are going to do to Abram. But when we pick up the story here in Genesis 16, Abram's wife, Sarai, is getting a little impatient. She knows the promise. 
Her and Abram are very aware of the promise, but they get a little impatient on God's timing. I don't know if you've ever been there. Lord, I know you've promised me this, but this isn't what I see. I have faith to believe it. We know that in Genesis, one of my favorite scriptures is that Abram believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. I don't think Abram had as much of a faith problem as maybe Sarai did. And I feel like we can kind of relate to that. If you've heard me talk about faith, um, you know that I always say God has gifted Josh with this incredibly big faith and I just need a little bit more of it myself. Um, I'm the one that's like, are you sure? Are you sure? So I feel like I can relate to Sarai in, in some ways. But in Genesis 16, we get a story of, um, of Sarai trying to rush the promise. Can I throw something in here? Sure. Um, scripture says that uh, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Have you ever read the scripture and seen a promise that applies to you, by the way, but it doesn't exactly line up with your life? And you think... This must be talking to my neighbor. It must be talking to the other people at Hope City, but it's not talking to me because I'm not seeing the fruit of that promise. Can I tell you, fruit and promises run in seasons, and you need to have the wisdom to understand that it may just not be the season for that promise to produce fruit in your life yet. There may be other fruit that God is producing in you. You may be growing the roots that later on produce the fruits. Amen. But you need to understand seasons and that God has a place and a time for your blessing. It's interesting to see that as we go on. Yeah, that's really good. I was actually thinking during the worship set, uh, you know, as I was just like, wow, it's always amazing to me every Sunday how the worship set that Leah, yeah. Pastor Leah puts together weeks before we even know what Josh is going to preach um, just lines up so much with the message. And the Lord was just like really seeing me this morning as we were going through it. But I thought, you know, it is our faith is built as we really get to know God better. Yeah. But the enemy knows our vulnerabilities. And I'll tell you, I see this so much in my life. And again, in the ways that I can relate to Sarai here, I'm like, the enemy knows how to like lie to me just right to make me think, hey, this promise isn't for you. Or you need to help the Lord. Bring Somehow God his... needs your help. Yeah. Like he yes. needs my help. Can anybody else relate to that? Maybe maybe God needs my help. Maybe maybe he needs me to do something for him. Yeah. You know? That's what Sarai thought. And so she says, <laughs> and we're going to pick it up, Genesis 16, uh, starting with verse 1. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but what it's that I think it's verse two. I didn't do a great job in my notes breaking that down. But she says, the Lord has kept me from having children. So somehow this is God's fault here. Um, go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And Abram agreed to what Sarai said. And I thought, whew. Okay, first of all, we're blaming God here. But then isn't it interesting that, so that's part of normal culture then, okay? It's horrible, but it's part of normal culture that a you know, slave might sleep with the master in order to uh, produce a lineage. Because, right, what's important there is not just having children, but having male children so that a name is continued. I can't imagine in today's culture, can you imagine? Fellas, we wouldn't fall for that, would we? God said he wants to have more children. My friend over here says she'll give you children. It's a trap. Run. Yeah, Abram it's said, not, okay. And Abram just falls for it. He's like, you know what? Yeah, but can I also say this? Not, God did not tell Sarah this. He told Abraham this. And when his wife came to try to speed things along, men, you need to know the word well enough that you speak not only peace into your spouse, 
but you acknowledge God's timing in your home as well. well Had as- Abraham spoke what he should have spoke, he should have said, God has promised me and my wife, not my handmaiden, a child. Amen. Well, and women, I think we need to recognize the role, the way that we have influence in our families and we need to steward it well. That's good. I'll tell you, that's one of the things that we'll get back to the story, hopefully at the end where I share a little bit of ours, but I think we have to realize that we do carry a lot of influence as his helpmate. I can influence him and I need to make sure that I'm stewarding it based on what God has said, not what Wendy desires. Does that make sense? And just because culture approved of what happened here doesn't mean it was God's plan. Oh, say that again. Just because our culture says something's okay doesn't mean that the Lord's going to honor it. Get that. Get that. Just because, listen, there's a lot of things right now our culture is conceding that the word of God says is wrong. And we need to stand on God's word, not culture. Amen. Uh, I love the scripture. It says that the house that's built on sand, that is a house built on culture right now because it's ever shifting. It's ever changing. Every day you get on the news and something that was okay yesterday is not okay today or something that was wrong yesterday is now approved. Can I tell you, the word of God has not, will not, nor shall it ever change. Build your houses on the word of God. Amen. That's a great point, babe. All right, now we're going to go on to verse three. So it happens... And Hagar conceives, and check this out. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. So not when she was um, told that she has no choice, but this is what she's going to do. It's not at that point that she starts to despise her mistress. It's when she conceived. Once God put something inside of her, right? Like once this child has been conceived, something has changed. Something has shifted. And then Sarai is going to go on to blame Abram, say, this is all your fault. Can I, I, can really I throw, something, can I yeah, throw sure. something out? I just, I love the revelation God's given us in the scriptures today. Um, when a promise has hit your heart, you will change. When your vision comes to your knowledge, your life changes. This is a young lady who had no hope. She had no future. She didn't even have a past. Think about that. And now all of a sudden, God's promise is alive in her. You can't help but change when God's promise comes alive in your heart. Amen. Well, and her position in that home changed, right? She's now carrying Abram's child. So her position has changed. So she despises her mistress. Sarai is blaming Abram for it, if you read the scripture. And he's like, hey, not on me. Do what you want to do. And so she starts mistreating Hagar, and Hagar runs away. And can I just say it was the wife's fault in the first place? (laughs) Abraham was minding his own business. And all joking aside, I will say this. A lot of times, the enemy will use anxiety to get us to outstep God's rhythm. He will drive anxiety. And, And what he will do is he'll say, you're falling behind. Hey, 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 get on Facebook. Look how they're, look how they're blessed. You need to be blessed. You need to be doing what they're doing. You need to have what they have. You need to go where they go. And can I tell you, you need to be involved, uh, so well with hearing the voice of God that you don't hear him speaking to other sheep. You hear him speaking to you, right? A lot of times we see other sheep moving and we say, Hey, God must be over there. Can I tell you something? 
God will speak to you right where you are. And you need to learn and learn to trust his voice. Learn to trust. I had a great conversation with Gabriel last night about learning to heed the voice of the Holy Spirit. And man, even in his youth, the Lord's doing something cool in my family and my son where he's hearing the Spirit of God steer him. And can I tell you, it's not hard to hear the voice of the Lord. It will always line up with Scripture, and it will always line up with a blessing for you and other people. Amen. Let's keep going. We got time. We got to hurry up. I know. He's going to cut me off very fast. So I'm going to try to read through this quote. We're actually going to read Genesis 16, verses 7 through 14. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. So she's run away, and she's actually running back towards Egypt, where Abram acquired her. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for a multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction, which by the way, Ishmael means uh, God who hears. So every time that she says his name, she's reminded that God heard her misery, heard her affliction. Think about this. Elroy is God who sees. But he said, your son will remind you that I also hear. Not just that I see, I hear. My characteristics. I created you with eyes to see and ears to hear and just know that you're in my image. I see you. I hear you. Isn't that powerful? So good. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, a man. His hand shall be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spake to her. You are a God of seeing for she said, truly here. I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore, the well was called bear. I don't know. Lahai Roy. Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. Such a powerful thing. Uh, the main thing I want to point out to you right here is that this scripture tells the story of a young woman. And let's, let's step back into that culture just for a quick moment. First off, women were highly undervalued. Then she was a commodity to be traded like cattle. She was treated like an object, both by Egypt in gifting her to Abraham but also in Sarai, as she literally gave her physically to Abraham. She had no say in any of this. And so when she runs, she's running with intention to get away and just find some place that sees something in her. More than a thing. I'm more than an object. Surely somebody sees who I am, not just what I can do and what I am. Surely there's somebody who wants to know me personally. Surely there's somebody who sees value in me. And what she did not realize is the reason why God told her go back is because she was running away from her place in destiny. Sometimes the enemy can lie to us and tell us that where you're currently at, God is not moving. The devil will lie to you and tell you that God is sleeping on you. That he's not paying attention to where you're at. Can I tell you the scripture says that God never sleeps, he never slumbers, and he's always working on our behalf. Amen. So don't believe the lie. 
Don't believe the lie of the wicked one. Come on, let's keep going. So he asked her two questions. He says, where did you come from and where are you going? First of all, he calls her by name. If you'll notice, Hagar was never called Hagar by Sarai or Abram. She's only called your servant, your maidservant, my servant, my maidservant, those types of things. The angel of the Lord, which is pretty incredible. It's the second person of the Trinity that has come in yeah. the person to talk to an Egyptian slave girl, yeah. right? Crazy. Uh, but he says, where did you come from and where are you going? She only answers one of those questions. She says, I've come, I'm fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. He asked her these questions for a purpose, right? He's asking her, why are you leaving the place that I have you, like Josh just said? But he's also asking her where she's going. She's trying to go to the place that maybe she could have some control. Yeah. She could have some, say, a place of familiarity. Have based we ever on, done that? Based on the direction we see her going, she's heading back to Egypt. Have you ever done that? Do you ever say, this is too hard? What I'm experiencing is too hard. I'm just going to go back to what's comfortable. Holy smokes. I'm just going to go back to where I'm safe. I'm just going to come back to where I know where my provision is coming from. I'm just wow. going to go back. Wow. He asked the, her, but she doesn't answer. The, the ruts of comfort will destroy you. The ruts of comfort will never lead you to great places. And they seldom have anything to do with God's will. See, faith is not built in comfort. Faith is built from hearing God's word and stepping out where other people aren't willing to step. Well, it's, and even as he tells her to go back, yeah. you have to look at, okay, why, what is he promising her, right? If he had come and he'd said, okay, you need to go back. I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to make Sarai be nice. He doesn't do that. What does he promise her and what doesn't he promise her? He does promise her a blessing. He promises her that she's going to have a child, that he's going to be Ishmael, and that he's going to have descendants, right? Like, like her lineage is going to be blessed. But he doesn't promise her that it's going to be easy. He say that, doesn't say, say, say that again. People need to hear this. You need to know that when God calls you to something, there are no promises of easy. You need to, we need to dance on that for just a second because all too often we've heard television preachers and everybody else say, hey, there's a Rolls Royce when you step out with God. There's a jet when you step out with God. There's this. And let me tell you something. If you need it to go minister the gospel, he'll make a way. But what I'm telling you is that when you step out in faith, there is persecution. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. It says many are the afflictions of the righteous, right? It's not an easy path, but can I tell you, it's a glorious path. Fine well, with the goodness of God. And he blesses what he puts inside of us. That's what he tells Hagar. He says, you are pregnant with a son Hello. and you're going to be blessed, but I need you to go back. He says, I need you to go back. He doesn't say there's not going to be any turmoil, uh, fear, that there's not going to be any of that. Nothing changed where she's going back to. I mean, she's also run away. I have a feeling that her running away is not going to be met with, oh, I'm so glad you came back, right? But this is what got me. She could trust a God who sees her. Yes. She could trust a God who says, I have put something in you and it's blessed. Yes. She could trust that because he was sending her back to the place of provision. He was sending her back to the place of blessing. He was sending her back to a place where he has changed her station. She is now carrying Abram's son. He's sending her back. You know, one thing it just, and this is where normally I would be screaming and running on a Sunday morning. Um, you said something just a second ago that he was sending her back. Even when we don't see it, 
God has a purpose for what's in us. Even when we don't see it, God has a plan and a purpose for what he has injected into you. Psalms 139 verse 16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them. Before time began, God saw something that he needed to accomplish. And he created you to accomplish it. And he saw a gift and he said, this gift is necessary for this child. So when we get out of rhythm, when we run away from what God has called us to, we are taking the necessary tools for success on earth for the plan of heaven out of the arena. We're taking our toys and we're leaving too. And God is saying, if you will stay where I've planted you, if you will be faithful where I've planted you, I will take what is in you and I will exalt you there where you are. You don't have to run to get God. God can find you right where you're at. Well, because the God who sees doesn't just see my right now. He saw before I was created. He sees my now. I can turn around and I can see behind me, right? Say it again. I don't know. He does not see my what? My right now? He does. Is that what you just he said? Just he doesn't see just see my, my right now. now. Right. He can see what's for did that, me. Did that smack y'all the way it just smacked me? How many times? See, I, I just I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna come off the stage. But here, but here's the thing. All too often, see, the devil can't see your future. So he's got to limit you to your right now. And so many of us are tied up afraid. So many of us are tied up concerned. So many of us are eat up worried because all we can see is right now. You need to put your trust in a God that doesn't just see your right now. He sees what is yesterday, today, and what is to come. Did you get that saint of God? Josh, that's the reason that the enemy Sorry. gets at us like that. It's okay. That's the reason the enemy comes Glory at us that God. way. Because God can see Hallelujah. that. He's going to lie to us and because he can only affect our right now. And he's going to try to get us to be impatient. Yes. He's going to try to get us to doubt the promises of God. He's going to get us to start to question those things that God has put inside of us. Yes. But if we can... Trust that there is a God who sees. If we can get to know God's character as the God who sees me, who is personal, who sees me, then we can trust the places that God's calling us to. We can trust him in the middle of our affliction. We can trust him in the hard. We can trust him in the painful. We can trust him in the afraid. Because we can say, okay, this is the other revelation I had. So the scripture says that we walk by faith, not sight. If we can trust that there's a God who does see, then even in the times that we can't see it, then our faith carries us because our faith is in the one who sees. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Did you hear what she just said? When you can't see, faith engages in the God who can see. That's where trust in Him is everything. 
My Lord, Wendy, this is wonderful. This Hagar is so good. Hagar could confidently go back. Hallelujah. Confidently go back to a place of struggle. Glory to God. To a place of pain, to a place for a place of being called a maidservant and not even being called by name because the one who sees you, did Lord. call her by name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank and you, And maybe you're in a place where you feel invisible. Maybe that's because you're in a marriage that is difficult or a husband who doesn't see or a wife that is condescending. Or maybe it's something from your past, something from your childhood that just makes you feel unseen. Maybe it's because there's a diagnosis, uh, something with your health or a bad prognosis that just doesn't feel wow. like there's any hope. Or maybe you're in a job where you're overlooked by your employer, that all you're getting back is the negative things that you've done wrong, but you're not getting any positive feedback. Maybe you're in a place where I, I can't trust the Lord with my kids because my kids are making bad decisions. And, and, and I know that these aren't the things that, that they should do. And I just, I don't know how to fix it. I can't control it. Or maybe you're in a financial struggle and you can't see a way out of that. But God wants you to know that he is the God who sees. Come on. That he sees you where, he, where you are. Yeah. That he'll meet you where you are. You know, God found Hagar. It doesn't say that God heard her calling out to him, that God heard her prayers. Found I mean, she didn't, even, she didn't even worship Yahweh. As a matter of fact, she was in a home where the people who did worship Yahweh were mistreating her. She didn't have a good example. Maybe you don't have a good example of what following the Lord looks like. God wants you to know that he will bless you where you are, that his place of provision for you is in the place that he's called you. Man, you know, I, I, you're, you're on fire. And the, the anointing, I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit in this teaching. And I, I want to bring this into every week. I talk about this often how it's important that we capsize this put it in a capsule sized pill that people can swallow and take home I want you to know there's three things that I want you to know about this teaching today. number one is what you just said he will always meet you where you are we don't have a God that you have to chase to Mecca we don't have a God that you have to rub his golden stomach we don't have a God that you've got to make pilgrimages and do all these things. Can I tell you, God is with you in the seat you're in now. He will always meet you where you are. And why is that important? Because it takes your labor out of it altogether. And it, it, and it just completely kicks His goodness into overdrive. You don't have to chase Him. Number two, He'll bless you where He's placed you. Everybody's always chasing the blessing. God has placed you in the place of provision. We're always, human nature is such that we're always trying to go to a new level and God's saying, I've got new levels for you, but I also have people involved that I need you to bless where you are. And so we're always trying to outrun his plan. We're always trying to outrun his provision. And I want you to take peace today understand that God will bless you right where you are. You don't have to run. You don't have to change anything about your geographical location. When it's time for you to go, He'll lead you. Don't run from Him. You follow Him. Amen. And lastly, 
think this is the main thing we want you to get today. God's love, personal. Yeah, he called Hagar by name. And I think maybe this is the good place to share the story of why Josh said, when do you want to uh, help me today? So if you've heard our um, testimony when we give it at our new members meal, our celebration meal, I always say I didn't ever feel like I had a testimony. Um, but then the Lord kind of revealed to me that his testimony is his faith. My testimony is his faithfulness. And there was a season, if you've, Josh doesn't talk about it a lot, but he had a season, when I met Josh, he had experienced a lot of church hurt. And it was something that the Lord had protected me from that I just never experienced. But he was, he went into the ministry as a, at a young age, as a youth pastor and a worship pastor, and he really got hurt. And so he was running in the opposite direction of that when we met. But I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew the call God had on his life. And when God brought us to Florida and we plugged into the church and um, I just knew and my prayer was always, you know, Lord, just have him be obedient to what you're calling him to. Make him listen. He's not listening to me. Make him listen to me or you or whoever. And so I just prayed and prayed and prayed that. As a matter of fact, one day I'll never forget, Larry, I always share that I was folding clothes upstairs in our house that we lived in in Santa Rosa Beach. And I was, I don't know why I was talking to Larry on the phone, but I was talking to Larry on the phone. And he sent me to, I think it's Psalm 37, where it says, you know, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Trust in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of his heart. That's me like condensing several verses in, uh, there. But I remember him telling me that. And I think he was trying to say, just keep being patient. I tried, but I just kept trying to make it happen. Um, our pastor actually came. We were serving at uh, one of the campuses at Destiny, and he came, and he met with me, and he tried to offer me a job. And I was like, Josh, they're offering me a job. This is where I'm supposed to do. And Josh's like, nope, not yet. Don't take it. This isn't right. And there was another time I was offered a job there, and he's like, no, don't. And it felt like all the circumstances were right. And I was like, if he's not going to listen, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to do it myself. Anyway, after, after a, a season, eventually we end up in Crestview and it, it was definitely what God wanted on God's timing, not Wendy's timing. And one day he led me to this scripture. And it's like he told me, Wendy, I've always been there. I've always seen, I see you. And so my testimony is just that God is faithful. Once I got to that place, and I like to tell the story later, um, Hagar's, Hagar gets to come back. And eventually Sarah does put her out. And Hagar kind of forgets this moment. She forgets the God who sees and she sends Ishmael off and she says, I don't want to watch him. I don't want to watch it. What is the Hydrate. word? Thank you, dehydrate. Um, because they run out of the water that Abraham had sent them with. But at that point, the angel of the Lord comes back because God's so faithful. Even when we're faithless, God's faithful, amen? Yeah. And the angel of the Lord comes back to her and the scripture says that he opened her eyes and there was a well right in front of her. See, Hagar got her eyes off where her provision was. She just forgot. She thought her provision was in Abraham's home and it was for a season. God sent her back there because that's what he had for her. But God tells Abraham it's okay to send her out and she thinks that the water that Abraham has sent her out with is what is supposed to provide for her. She forgot that the God who sees was her provision. He opens her eyes to it. And the Lord did that for me. He opened my eyes to see that I'm supposed to put my trust in him. So today I, my question is, are you gonna trust the God who sees? The God who sees not just your yesterday, not just your today, 
but he's already in your tomorrow. If what you see is hurt and pain and trials, you can still trust the God who sees. Uh, today we just want to offer a prayer of, of hope. You're in a season where you say, hey, Josh, Wendy, I'm, I'm just in that season to where there's an area of my life that just seems like it's hopeless. It just seems like there is no way to make it out of this with success. No way to come out of this season. And I'll be honest with you. I'm on the verge of running. I tell you, don't run. Because God will fight your battles right where you stand. Don't run. You're running from a future victory. Don't run. You're just in the test of the testimony. Don't run. God has a plan for your life. So if you're there and you say, Josh and Wendy, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed where I'm at. I just feel like I, I take one step forward and take two steps back. That's you. I want to pray for you today. Uh, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you and you say, uh, Josh and Wendy, I, I just need prayer today. I feel like I'm losing ground by the day. I feel like I'm, I'm starting to get anxious that, it's, that it's, I need to go do something to, to, to help God help me out of this situation. If that's you and you can relate to the story, you just need uh, a, an injection of hope today. I just want you to raise your hand. We just want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands all over the room. All over the room. Hands all over the room. Praise God. Praise God. Father, you see the hands. You are El Roy. The God who cannot miss. You cannot miss what we're going through. You cannot be blinded to my scenario. You cannot skip over me because then you would not be Elroy. I thank you that you're not just the God who sees. You are the God who hears the eyes of your people. So Father, in the name of Jesus, begin to strengthen your people and give them hope in Jesus' name. Remind them where their source is. Remind them of who their source is. Remind them that there is a friend that sticks closer than any brother. Remind them that their father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Remind them that you have created a place for us. Uh, and that place is where we are right now. And that when it's time to go, you will lead us in peace. You will lead us in prosperity. You will lead us in joy. Father, I thank you that the scripture says that there may be sorrow for a night just for one night but joy comes in the morning Father that there are seasons yes where mourning is understandable there are seasons where anxiety sometimes can't be circumnavigated but today I speak peace for people are the prince of peace and we say to the storms and your people, peace, be still. May they no longer hear the rattles of the storm. May they hear the voice of the one true living God. Thank you today. As we close this service, we are closing a season. Season of fear. We're closing a season of hopelessness. We're closing a season of doubt. We are going to lift up the name of Jesus the name that is above every name, 
this work that you have begun in us is a finished work. Thank you today. We stand in hope. We stand in peace. We stand knowing that you're not in our right now alone. You are in our tomorrows as well. You're navigating us to a place to be not just blessed, but to be a blessing as well. Give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Boy, wow, great job, babe. Great job. You did a wonderful job. Yeah. Yeah. Now y'all see while I have to walk the line. The verses at me until I get straight. Um... I want to put a blessing on you today, but I want you to understand God sees you. It is so easy to get caught up in this life giving God our characteristics and the things we miss. Not like us in that way. And not miss you. And He cannot be deaf to your cries. So when you're going through a season, you're going through a, a, a time to where it just feels like God doesn't see, cry out to Him. Make sure he knows where you're at. Make sure he hears your voice and understand that he sees you even when nobody else does. His eyes are always on you. Amen. Does that give you comfort today? It sure does me. Let me bless you. Lord, bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace. Man, yeah, that's it. Give us peace, an overwhelming peace that only heaven can give, not earthly peace but heavenly peace. That peace that gives us rest in the face of torment. It gives us rest in the place of lack. It gives us rest when it just seems like all hell's broken loose. We have peace in the midst of every storm. Give us peace. Thank you, Lord, loving us the way you do. Bring us back next week with more wisdom and more of your word and just evidence that your favor has completely overrun our life give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.